Thank you for downloading the Grove City Vineyard Sermon Podcast. Enjoy today's message. Good morning, everyone. My name is Christian Root. I'm the associate pastor here at the Vineyard. It's good to be with you all today. I'm excited uh, to have the opportunity to share this morning, and I'm just going to jump right in. If you've been here the last few weeks, you might remember that we've been talking about the surge. The surge. And the surge is essentially a a three-year push, a a three-year sprint, in in which we're all going to be working together to achieve, by God's grace, two main objectives. And here's the first objective. It's to revive and reclaim our position in the community as the church for people who didn't think they'd like church. We want to be a place, in in other words, where anyone can come off the street and and say, hey, I I feel like I connect here. You you know, I was expecting it to be boring. I was expecting to to find that others would be antagonistic towards me, but I I can roll with these people. That's what we're hoping for. Now, listen, this doesn't mean that we're going to be gimmicky for the sake of gimmicks, and and this certainly doesn't mean that we're going to water down the biblical message by any means. But we believe that there is a mandate on our community to be a place where those who might not typically feel comfortable within a church can come and and really thrive. And certainly, we we experienced a a little bit of that last week, didn't we? I mean, wasn't that fun circling up together and getting to enjoy that free donut and and that coffee? I I mean, I, I asked Pastor Tom, I said, can we do this every week? And apparently... Apparently, our, our donut budget is not quite that big. So, you know, if you are independently wealthy and you would like to support our, our donut ministry, I'll probably tell you to give your money to something more significant. So that, that's not even going to work anyway. But that was fun, and that was exciting, and that's what we're looking for. We just want, we want to be a, a church that, that people can come and feel comfortable and, and certainly come as they are. We want to be a church for people who didn't think they'd like church. And the second objective of the surge is this. We want to develop and prepare the church for the essential inclusion of many young leaders. You know, we're we're grateful that we are a multi-generational church. That if you look around, we we cover the age ranges pretty well. But we also recognize that, that many of the decision makers in our church tend to be a bit older. We want to create space for younger generations to not simply serve or, or even lead, but to, to step into decision-making roles within the church. We want younger members of our community to feel like their, their fingerprints are, are actually on, on the ministry. Now, now, as Pastor Tom has shared over the past two weeks, in order to meet these objectives over the next three years, we, we believe it is imperative that we as a church embrace what we're calling the paul Timothy template. And if you've read through the New Testament before, you'll know that Paul was an apostle. He was a senior leader within the church of his day who took on a young mentee named Timothy. We believe that if we are ever going to meet our second objective, we must follow the the Paul-Timothy templates found in Scripture. And when we talk about the Paul-Timothy template or we talk about the Paul-Timothy dynamic or blueprint, we're referring to the development of deliberate personal relationships between older and younger followers of Jesus for the sake of mentoring younger believers into roles of authority within the church. So we're talking about older followers of Jesus getting together with younger followers of Jesus and and, and doing life together and enjoying relationship together, of learning from one another. 
Now, a helpful question to ask at this point is this, especially if this is your, your first week and you haven't been here in the last couple weeks. How, how do I know if I'm a Timothy or how do I know if I'm a Paul? Well, we, we recognize that this is a bit arbitrary, but in general, it's, it's helpful to set the dividing line at the age of 50. So if you are 50 and above, then we would consider you a Paul or a Paulina. And, and uh, if you are under the age of 50, then we would consider you a Timothy. Now, we, we understand this is not a hard and fast rule. There are some of you under the age of 50 that, that you are very much a Paul and, and very much should be mentoring others. And we understand that, that some of you who are over the age of 50 might, might say, you know, I, I really believe I'm newer to the faith or, you know, I, I've had lots of ups and downs in life. I, I believe I, I really need mentored more in this time. And so it's not a hard and fast rule, but it's, it's helpful in general. And today, I, I specifically want to address the Timothys in the room, the under 50 crowd, and briefly share some of the reasons why entering into a relationship with an older member of the church from the same sex can be such an encouragement in your walk with Jesus. So why don't we pray, and then we'll jump in to today's text. And so would you pray with me? Jesus, I, I thank you. I, I'm just reminded even now in this moment what a privilege it is to get to pastor this church. What a privilege it is to get to have these kind of opportunities to, to share what you've placed on my heart. God, thank you for your kindness. Thank you for this community. Thank you for the people in this room. Thank you for what you're doing. And I pray that you would speak through me. I pray that you would fill me with, with your Holy Spirit. Would you fill me with power? Would you help me to teach this text correctly, God? And would you give us eyes to see and ears to hear the message you have for us this morning? In Jesus' name, amen. I just realized I'm way off center here, so I'm going to try. Some of you who have OCD in the room were probably literally just freaking out as I talk. So, okay, I think, I think we're good. Let me know, okay? Just whistle at me. All right. Today we're going to be looking at, at 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 12 through 16. So, if you have your Bible with you, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12 through 16. And we're going to be reading an excerpt from a letter, guys, that was written by Paul to his young mentee, Timothy. And Timothy, at this time, was pastoring the church in Ephesus. So this is what we read, 1 Timothy 4, 12-16. Don't let anyone look down on you, Paul said to Timothy, because you are young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching, and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift which was given you through the prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and your doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourselves and your hearers. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Today's passage shows us three reasons why every Timothy needs a Paul in their life. And so let's jump into. To point number one. Here's, here's my first point. Every Timothy needs a Paul because we all need someone to hold us to high standards. We all need someone to hold us to high standards. Let's look at verse 12 once again. 
Paul wrote to Timothy and he said, Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, that is in, in the way that they, they talk, in conduct, in the way that they behave, in love, in the way that they care for people around them, in faith, in the way that they believe in God for big things, that they believe He is capable of, of doing great things in their midst, and in purity, of living lives of integrity. And I, I love this advice that Paul gives Timothy because anyone... Anyone can set an example for others. Isn't that true? You know, you don't need a lot of money to set an example for others. If you are here and you're younger, maybe you're in your, you're in your 20s and you're broke, you're just broke, you're just making it day by day, you can still set an example for others, can't you? You don't need a lot of education to set an example for others. You don't need to know the right people or find yourself within the right social stratum to set an example you don't, even, you don't even need a lot of free time to set an example for others. You can set an example for others even if your margins are just really thin. When I was in the, the seventh grade, I, I ran cross country. And I know that's a bit of a shocker for some of you. I didn't go out for football with my build. But uh, I ran cross country in seventh grade. Now, like most of the guys on the team, I, I was just looking to have some fun just looking to run a few races. I, I didn't take the cross-country team very seriously. But there was one guy on our team, our, our best runner, who was named John, who took running very seriously. And so when we would get together for, for cross-country practice and when we would run together, John was always our pace setter. He would always be in the lead, and, and we would just do our best to keep up with him because none of us wanted to be embarrassed. We didn't want to lag behind the rest of the group. And on hot summer days, I mean hot days, you know, August days when we're running and it's like 95 out, when everyone on the team just wanted to go on a nice stroll, everyone on the team just wanted to go a, a bit slower, just, just this day, just one day, could we just, could we just tone it down? John would pick up the pace and we would grumble along behind him. When we would run through the woods and just stop to, to goof off because we were now unseen by, by any of our coaches, John would just keep on running. He would just leave us there by the creek and just keep on running, and then we would have to scramble to keep back up with him. You know, John made all of us, the entire team, better runners that season because he set the example. He set the pace. He pushed us. And so when Paul writes to Timothy and he says to him, I want you to set the example for other believers in speech and in conduct and in love and in faith and in purity, Paul is saying, I want you, Timothy, to be a pace setter. I want you to set the tone in your church for what it looks like to follow Jesus well. I want you to run so hard after Jesus, young Timothy, that everyone else around you might be a better runner as a result. Paul knew Timothy was young. He was aware of this fact. Most scholars believe that, that Timothy was probably in his late 20s or early, theater, or early 30s. So Paul was quite aware that there were others in the church who had been following Jesus for much longer. But as a wise, as a mature mentor, Paul called the very best out of Timothy. Challenged him to pursue a high standard. He wrote to Timothy and he said, in effect, I know you, Timothy, and I know your heart. 
I know the calling on your life, and I believe that with the Lord's help, you can set the pace. You can set the example. This is the encouragement. This is the leadership, the support that every Timothy needs. And if you're here and you are a Timothy, you are part of the the under 50 crowd, we need you. We need you as a church to help set the example, to set the pace here at the Vineyard. We need you to help set the pace for us in prayer. That you would just be an example for us of what it looks like to really pursue the Lord in prayer. We need you to set the pace for us in serving the poor. That your heart for the marginalized, your, your heart for those who are struggling would just cause us as a church to love the poor even better. We need you to set the example in your integrity. We need you to set the tone in your worship. We need you to set the tone in the way that you, you care for others in your hospitality. We need you to set the pace for us in terms of your passion for Jesus. If you are here and you are younger, you do not need permission here at the Vineyard to set an example for everyone else to follow. You are freed up in this moment. Consider this, consider this your your invitation, your opportunity to set the pace for us for what it looks like to follow Jesus well. Every Timothy needs a Paul to call them to a higher standard. And secondly, every Timothy needs a Paul because we all need someone to increase our sense of urgency. We all need someone to increase our sense of urgency. Let's look at what Paul says to Timothy in verses 13 and 14. He says, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Paul tells Timothy in verse 14 not to neglect his gift. Timothy had a a gift of leadership, a gift of preaching and of teaching that had been given to him when the the elders laid their hands on him and prayed. And Paul said to Timothy, do not neglect this gift you've been given, but pour yourself out serving others for the glory of the Lord. Paul understood that one of the great temptations for younger followers of Jesus is to neglect the giftings that we've been given. To neglect the passion and the skills and the calling that we've been given in order to run after other pursuits. Timothy, if you are here in under 50, you need a Paul who will increase your sense of urgency. You, You really do who will remind you that the time is short, who will remind you that you're going to wake up tomorrow and you're going to be 55. Just, it happens. You talk to anyone older, you will say, it happens like that. It happens like that. You are young and spry and the whole world is before you and you're going to wake up and you're going to be sore in 55. It just, it happens, right? It happens. And Timothy, you, you just have such few precious years to run hard after Jesus in your youth. Just such few precious years. You, you know, one of the most awkward passages in the entire Bible is Luke chapter 9. It, I, I mean, I, I think it's allowed, I'm allowed to say that in church. This is an awkward passage. So let's, let's go to Luke 9 real quick. This is what we read. Luke 9, verse 59. This is what we read. He, this is Jesus speaking, said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. 
Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Now, if we're being honest, those comments by Jesus, those don't sit well with our sensibilities, do they? At first blush, it feels like Jesus is being really insensitive in these moments. Because these are pretty reasonable requests, aren't they? Let me go and bury my dad. Let me, let me go and say goodbye to my family, and then I will follow you. You know, there isn't a mission organization in the world that wouldn't allow a missionary to say goodbye to their family. But the reason that Je- Jesus responds in this way is because he's trying to make a point. Jesus is saying through these interactions, there will never be a convenient time to follow me. There just won't. There will never be a convenient time to walk closely with me or to utilize your gifts for the sake of others. If you are here and you are in school, there will come a time when you are working more hours a week than you could ever imagine. If you are here and you are taking care of a young baby, there will come a time when that baby becomes a toddler, or perhaps two toddlers or three toddlers. There will come a time when those toddlers turn into young boys or young girls. There will come a time where, where they will become teenagers. If you are here and you are stressed at work, there will come a time where you will be promoted and be even more stressed at work. If you're here and you're tired but you're healthy, there's going to come a time when your health just isn't going to be great. There's simply no convenient time to use our giftings for the benefit of others. All of us are busy. All of us are taxed with burdens that we'd rather not be carrying. So, Timothy's, you need a Paul in your life. You need a trusted friend and mentor in your life who will lovingly, gently remind you not to neglect your gift, not to neglect the passions and the skills and the calling that God has placed on your life. You need a a Paul to remind you that you were placed in central Ohio in the year 2020 for a reason. This is not accidental. You've been given a calling and giftings that you might be a blessing for others in this time and in this place. And if you are waiting for that magic moment where you're going to be be used by the Lord, the Lord is saying to you this morning, now is that time you can step in to what I have for you. Let us as Timothys never lose our sense of urgency. Never lose our sense of urgency. We have such few years to serve our King. Friends, we we utilize our our gifts for the sake of others because we understand that our our time is short. And secondly, we utilize our gifts because we simply desire to be with Jesus. Because we just want to be with him and we know that we'll often meet him as we serve alongside him. Have Have you learned this one yet? When you step into your calling, when you are utilizing the gifts that you have been given by God, those are often the times in which you feel closest to Jesus. I I know that not all of us here are followers of Jesus. I recognize that in a room this size, that there are bound to be some who are here and would would not call yourself a Christian. And, And as I say each time I preach, I'm so grateful that you're here. And and if that's you, let let me just share briefly with you about Jesus. Just just take a moment. You know, Jesus is so kind. 
He, he's so kind. And if you want to know what it looks like to walk with Jesus, to, to talk to Jesus, and then to hear from Jesus, both, both through the Bible and, and in your own prayer time, to walk with Jesus is to know his kindness. That, that's who Jesus is. He is the kindest person that you would ever meet. He is so loving. He, he's, just, he's just so loving. He is so loving, so kind. He is so patient with us. I, I am so hard-headed, and yet Jesus is just so patient with me. He's so patient and quick to forgive. He, he is the wisdom that we need. He's the wisdom that you need. You need some wisdom in your life. I need some wisdom. He's the wisdom that we need. He is the acceptance that we crave. All of us have this, this deep yearning, this longing just to be accepted, just to know that we're known and loved. He's the acceptance that we crave. He is the embrace that we long for. He is the warmth that covers our shame and our guilt and our self-loathing. That's who he is. I, I need you to know this about Jesus because this is who he is. He is so patient and faithful, and safe. Jesus is the safest person that you will ever encounter. You can entrust to him your worst fears, your, your biggest disappointments, and he's just safe. Though others betray us, he never will. That's who he is. Though others might forsake us, he never will. Though others might misunderstand us or twist our words, he, he just never will. And, and this Jesus, he died a terrible death in our place that we might for, find forgiveness and wholeness in him should we accept that gift by faith. That's who Jesus is. And, and so I, I long for us at the vineyard to utilize our gifts. And not just because this is what we're supposed to do and let, let us be good little soldiers and, and follow the teachings of Scripture. No, I, I want us to utilize our gifts because as we practice our gifts, as we step into our calling, this is the place where we, we most often encounter Jesus. You're going to encounter Jesus when you serve in our children's ministry. You're, you're going to meet him when you give groceries to the poor. You're going to meet him when you show up on a Tuesday night and pray. You're, you're going to meet him when you comfort a grieving friend. And if you've done all of those things and you say, I'm a follower of Jesus and I haven't connected with Jesus in any of those contexts, didn't work for me, then Jesus will lovingly, patiently help you find your lane, help you find your calling so that you can utilize the gifts that you've been given for his glory and meet with him in the process. Oh, friends, let us not forsake our giftings or our calling. Let us not forsake these things so that we can watch just a, another show on Netflix so that we can join our fourth fantasy football league, whatever that is for you. Let us not forsake the calling that God has placed on our life. Because it is in this place, when we're stepping into our gifts, when we're utilizing the passions and the skills that God has given us, where we so often encounter the one who loves us. Lastly, here's my last point. Every Timothy needs a Paul because we all need someone to point us to perseverance. We all need someone to point us to perseverance. Let's read verse 15 through 16 again. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. 
Watch your life and your doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. You know, I, I always enjoy coming to the church on weekday mornings at 7 a.m. and hearing Pastor Tom worshiping with his six-string right here in the sanctuary. Every morning it's the same. I, I roll in at 7 and I hear him singing right here in the sanctuary, doing his, his devotional time with the Lord. Because I always think, here's a man who's 30 years my senior, who's been in ministry for longer than I have been alive, and who has, quite frankly, the battle scars to prove it. And yet this is a man who still deeply loves Jesus. Still starts his days the same way as ever, with love songs to his king. You know what? I, I want to love Jesus like that when I'm older, even after I've accumulated a few more battle scars. I want to love Jesus like Paul loved Jesus, to finish the race well as he did. This is, this is what Paul famously said in his second letter to Timothy. He said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. You know, one of the sad realities of redemptive history is that so many leaders within the church, so many members of God's people have just ended poorly. Are you aware of that? We love to talk about the faith of Gideon, don't we? Took on a huge army with only 300 men. I mean, what faith? What faith? But we, we forget that old Gideon, he soon after fashioned a, a gold ephod out of his jewelry that had been given to him, and he and his family and all of Israel began to worship the ephod as an idol. You know, that's a really bad ending. It's a bad ending to Gideon's life. I mean, yeah, God used him in amazing ways. Didn't turn out so well for old Gideon. We love to talk about how God used Jonah, don't we, to, to save all of Nineveh through his preaching. But we sometimes forget that Jonah was so angry that the Lord would show compassion on the people of Nineveh that Jonah told God he would rather be dead. That's a really bad ending, guys. That's a poor, that's a poor ending. To be that hard-hearted to another people group. So, Timothys, we, we need a Paul to help us persevere, don't we? to help us watch both our, our lives and our doctrine closely. Let, let, let me just speak for myself for a moment because I, I am, full disclosure, under the age of 50, okay? I feel, I feel like this is a safe place for me to move. You know, one of the reasons I know I need a pause is because I, I need help with the landmines that are coming my way. I don't know what it's like to follow Jesus with a teenager in my home. And I don't know what it's like to follow Jesus when I'm struggling with my health or after the loss of a loved one. I need help navigating these terrains. And, and if I know anything, guys, about the years 2020 and 2021 and 2022, it's that they're going to be filled with landmines. They're going to be filled with problems that I can't foresee right now. I have yet to experience a landmine-free year. And if you have, if, if that's your story, then I want to write the foreword to your best-selling book, okay? I want to get in on that now. That, that, would, that would sell. Guys, I don't want to burn out. I don't want to run out of gas. I don't want to allow the distractions of this world to lure me away from my call. 
I don't want to give myself to a life of entertainment or comfort or momentary pleasures. I want to persevere. I want to watch my life and my doctrine closely. I want to be more in love with Jesus at 43 than I am at 33. I want to be more in love with Jesus at 53 than I was at 43. I want to be more in love with Jesus at 63 than I was at 53. But if that's going to happen, I I need people in my corner. I, I need a Paul or Pauls who are cheering me on, who are praying for me and speaking into my life. Let, let me end with this last illustration. You know, this past summer, there was an app that, that took off seemingly out of nowhere, and it, it's, it's called FaceApp. You might have heard of it. And, and FaceApp allows you to make brief edits to your uploaded pictures so that you can see what you would look like with a a different hair color, for example, or most popularly, so you you might see what you will look like in 30, 40, 50 years. And and as you might recall, privacy experts, they soon began to sound alarms after the app took off, questioning what what FaceApp was doing with the photos and who they were selling them to, and so I, like most people, deleted the app. But I I did keep the sole picture that I, I took using the app. And and it's a picture of me as a much, much older man. It's a doozy. Are you ready for it? Do you want to see this picture of me? All right, let's show that picture. It's going to be me. It's going to be me, Celeste. Just get a good look. It's all you. It's all yours. Technology is crazy. It scares the heck out of me. Now, now, yeah, I still have my hair in that picture. I mean, there's, there's probably some unrealistic aspects of it. Now, I, I kept this picture, guys, for a very specific reason, okay? I, I like to pull it up on my phone from time to time but, and look at it to remind myself that one day this is going to be me, okay? One day this will be me. Now, of course, I'm not guaranteed the rest of the day. I might die on my way home from church today. And so I don't presume upon the Lord that I will live that long, okay? But barring an accident or a sickness, this, this is going to be me. This will be Christian root. And when that day comes, guys, I won't care whether the Niners or the Chiefs won the Super Bowl back in 2020. I really won't. And I won't care if people thought I was cool in high school. And I certainly won't care if people thought if I was an engaging preacher when I was back in my 30s. I just won't. On that day when I'm in my 70s or my 80s, only one thing is going to matter. Did I persevere? Did I watch over my life closely so that I ran hard after Jesus? Did I seek to set the pace for others around me and not neglect the gifts that I've been given? And did I watch over my doctrine closely, continuing to believe that I am saved by the blood of Jesus alone and not by any works that I've performed? Did I hold fast to the truths of the Bible, even amidst the pressures of a combative culture? This is going to be me someday. That is going to be me. And when that day comes, I want to be able to say that through the Lord's strength, I have persevered. And because I long to persevere, I will surround myself with Paul's who will help me on the journey. Amen? Amen. Why don't we stand?
Here's, here's what I'd like to do as we close. I was praying this morning about, God, how, how do you want to end the service? Do I call all the Pauls up? That's a lot of, all the Timothys up? That's a lot of people. Here's what I'd like to do. If you're here and you would say, over the course of the last three weeks, I, I have sensed this stirring in me, this desire within me rising up to, to find a Paul or a Paulina, to, to find someone who's a bit farther down the road who I might enter into a relationship with and meet up with once a month or once a quarter or once every other week, whatever that looks like for you, that, that you sense that there is a stirring within you to find a Paul. That's not going to be all of us. And some of you might say, no, I, I have someone I'm connected with and, and praise God for that. But if, if that's you, if you would say, I, I, don't, I don't have that relationship in my life and, and I, increasingly I feel like this is something that's attractive to me that I would like to pursue, in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to come forward. You're not going to sign up for anything. We're not keeping tabs on who's, who's coming forward, all right? You're, you're not committing to anything. But if you just sense that there's a, a bit of a stirring in your heart to, to find someone who's a bit farther down the road, even if you don't know who that person is or what that would look like, in just a moment, I'm going to invite you to come forward. If you're under 50, you would say, you know, I, I see the benefit to this kind of relationship. And so if that's you right now, would you, would you just begin to, to make your way forward and you can just hang out up here? Is there anyone that would say, yeah, I, I don't know how this would work, God, but I, I'm, yeah, I would love to find someone who, who could help, help me navigate life, who could just befriend me and listen to me. So if that's you, if you're just like, yeah, this is, this is something I feel like God is putting on my heart, would you just continue to come forward? Here's what I'd like to do. We're going to sing one last worship song, and I'm just going to ask you know, for the Pauls in our midst. But over the course of this next song, could you find one of those, these folks up here? Could you just lay a hand and just pray over them? Just briefly. You're not agreeing to be their Paul or whatever. That's not what we're doing today. It's just, just praying blessing. If you are a Paul, could you just pray that these, these would be men and women that would set the pace of this church. That these would be, be men and women that do not neglect the giftings that they've been given. That these would be men and women who persevere, who watch their lives and their doctrine close. And so over the course of this next song, if, you, if you're here, can you come up and pray for these guys and make sure that they get covered? Yeah. And for the rest of us, let's, let's worship the Lord in this last song.